Good morning, everybody. Happy Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Kind of in between that thing, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm trying a new mic out today, so you know they might have to fidget with it a little bit, but uh, we'll get it right. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to, to join me in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I mentioned earlier, and I'll mention it again. Over the next two weeks, we're going to take a break from the series in Hebrews and um, before we pick up the next series called The Lead. And there'll be a couple of, of sermons that we're going to um, that we're going to present to you that we believe that the Lord would have us uh, present to the body. So um, today, the topic of my message or the title of my message is what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Now, about a year and a half ago, a good friend of mine and I, real hot up here, Chris. A good friend of mine and I just, we, we decided, man, it was a tough week. So right in the middle of the week, we decided we were going to go play hooky. And um, so we went to watch this movie that I wanted to see. I love, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And this was, this was The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. And so I went to see that movie. And, and there is a scene in that movie that is really gripping. Um, Gandalf is traveling through the forest of Mirkwood with a band of elves and Bilbo Baggins. And he has this, this sense that just won't leave him that, man, there is something wrong. There's, there's an evil that hasn't presented itself that's much deeper than what the eye can see, that has been disguised. And so he, he leaves Bilbo Baggins in the, in the forest of Mirkwood with uh, the, the band of dwarfs, and he ventures through Mordor, heads south through uh, Mordor to the castle of Dolgador. And he gets into the castle, and he's walking across the bridge of the castle, and he is met with his worst nightmare, an unspeakable evil that he knew existed, but he had never come face to face with. But now, today, in this moment, he was face to face with this unspeakable evil. Gandalf has his staff that he uses, and, and whenever he, he thrusts it forward like this, it emits this powerful, powerful light that, that protects him like an orb. And this evil that was in front of him that he was faced with, which, by the way, ended up being the evil Saron, which I believe is the devil in the movie, this evil just begins to engulf this sphere and it, it starts to just like, like penetrate and it's breaking it down. And Gandalf is standing there with this light and this staff and he's trying to hold his own. And he hears the voice of Saron. There is no light that can defeat this darkness. There is no light that can defeat this darkness. How many of you have felt that way? How many of you ever been in a spot where you felt like no matter how much strength you had, no matter how much power you had, that you, that it, you were in a condition that seemed hopeless, that the sense of darkness was so dense and so dark, 
seemed hopeless. Or maybe you hadn't gotten to that point, but you just had this sense that something was wrong, something was not quite right. You're walking along in life, and all of a sudden, bam, you're faced with this obstacle that seems like it's going to overtake you. Hmm. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, can bring light and hope to the darkness of your hopeless situation. He's here today to do that. Had you pre-marked your Bibles to John chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 1. Actually, I'm going to quote verse 1, and then I'm going to begin reading from verse 4. Well, John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from, John, from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Watch this now. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I love how the King James puts that. He gave them power. He gives them power to become the children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Here's the point of the message today. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. What will you do with the light? What will you do with Jesus? My first point is he's the true light. He's the true light. You see, darkness, the darkness of this world could not extinguish his light. Verse 9, verse 4 tells us that in him was, was life. In other words, true life can only be found in relationship with Jesus Christ. It says, in him was life, and this, this life was the light of men. Love what Jesus says in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man can come even to the Father except he comes through me. He says, I am the life, and I am the truth. Verse 9 tells us that in Jesus Christ, true light had entered into the world. It's a true life that, that leads to eternal life, and it's available. It's available. Remember that word. It's available to everyone. It's verse 9. It's available. But now implicit in that statement is this, that if there's a true light, 
There must also be a false light. Am I right? There also has to be a, a counterfeit light. And this false light, this counterfeit light, family, is available too. It's a counterfeit light that, that appears to be wholesome. It appears to bring life. It appears to, to bring joy and happiness. But in reality, brings life extracting death and darkness. It sucks the life out of you. It appears to be good, but it's not good. See, sometimes what we think is true light is not light. It's not true light. It's a false light designed or disguised to be true. Don't miss that. Paul tells us in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, says, Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. He says, Satan has, has emissaries here in the world that disguise themselves as, as, as apostles and teachers and prophets of righteousness. But really, their works are disguised. They're deceiving. And in verse 14 says, and no, it's no wonder for even Satan himself he disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness and their end will correspond to their deeds. Seems like it's right, but it's not. Seems like it's light, but it's not. Scripture tells us that there's a way that seems right, that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Just It seems right, it, it, it feels right, but the end thereof is death. You know, Satan doesn't always come at us, family, with, with a full-on arsenal, does he? I mean, there's some times where, you know, you're in the warfare and he feels... Bam, he kind of like slaps you in the face, right? But then there are other times that it's not so blatant. There are other times that it's subtle. It's really subtle. It seems good. It seems wholesome, but it's not. And what happens is, is if you're not careful, our, our spiritual batteries will, will become drained over time. And I remember a couple of years ago, I loved riding my motorcycle, and I'd only had it for about a year, and I went through a whole summer, and it was kind of a dismal summer, but the next summer was a great summer. And so I was out of my bike every day for six weeks. I didn't even get into my truck for six weeks. So then I go to get in my truck, right, and I jump in, and it's, I'm kind of in a hurry, and I think I'm going to the store or something. I get in my truck, put the key in, and it goes, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man. You know, first thing you do is you start looking around to see if you left the light on or something, you know. Because the battery was going down. It was a warning sign that my battery was draining. A couple weeks later, I'm in a hurry again. Didn't pay attention. I had let the truck run the previous time and charged the battery up and started all good and everything. And, you know, so I'm, I'm confident. The lights are bright. I'm confident. Jump in my truck. You know that sound, right? When the battery is dead, that, that. Slow drain. Slow 
drain. See, the enemy's not going to always hit us with something that will extract the life out of us immediately. Sometimes it's just a slow, slow drain, and before you know it, your spiritual battery is dead and your spiritual light is dim. Little by little. Hmm. I went out to my garage the other day. I was looking for a flashlight because, you know, I, I had something I needed to do in the dark. And I picked up the flashlight, and the batteries were dead, and the light was dead. Flashlight was no use to me. I was walking around in darkness. Jesus tells us in John 8 and 12, he says, listen, I am the light of the world. He says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the light. That if we stay close to him, he's the light that shines brightly in darkness. And as long as we are with him and in him, the darkness cannot overtake it. He is the light. But I want you to listen to me closely. Because Jesus said, he said, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light. But Jesus, Jesus left. And he left that charge to us. And now we are the carriers of his light. Listen, Jesus tells us in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, you are the light of the world. See, some of y'all, see, now, some of you were sitting next to somebody and you looked at him and he's like, man, I don't know if I want to tell you you're the light of the world or not. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. I'm gone. It's up to you. You're like a city that sits on a hill that cannot be hid. He says, don't take your light. Nobody takes a light, a lamp, and puts it under a bushel, puts it under a basket. No, what they do is they take that light and they put it up for all to see. So it lights the entire house. And so in the same way, let your light shine before men so that others may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. You see, family, through us, the light of Christ is made available to everyone. The light is available to everyone. But hear me now. The light is available, but not everyone will receive it because not everyone will embrace it. And so the light, though the light is available to everyone, the light is not for everyone. You ever talk to somebody and, you know, you give them an opportunity and they tell you, that's not for me. You ever had that happen? That's not for me. The light is available to everyone, but some people are walking around saying, that's not for me. So the light is not for everyone. Verse 10 of our text says, he was in the world. The world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. The world was blind to him. His own people rejected him. So watch this now. As followers of Jesus Christ, don't you be surprised when the world rejects him through you too. Don't be surprised. 
I love how Paul explains that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. He says, even if our gospel, now listen to me, here's what Paul is talking about. Paul is saying, listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ came to us. We embraced it. We're walking in it now, right? We are the disciples of Jesus Christ taking the gospel to the world. And then Paul says, listen, even if the gospel that we're living out every day is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world is blinded has blinded the minds of the unbeliever to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. People who haven't been born again can't understand spiritual things. They just can't. And I was reading a, an article from Family Life the other day, and in this article there was this, this woman who had been praying for her husband for years. He was borderline atheist, man. You read this article, it's like this dude was hardcore. She'd been praying for him for years, and he hadn't given his life to Jesus. Didn't even have a clue what she was talking about. Actually kind of despised her for believing what she believed in. But one day, Family Life was having a conference, and, and she hogtied him and got him there against his will. He, I mean, he fought, kicking and screaming, she drugged him. Got him there. Day one goes by, nothing. Day two goes by, nothing. They're at the beginning of the third day, which is only a half day. And he's sitting there, and there's a speaker. Nothing profound is taking place. The same word that she's heard over and over again. And all of a sudden, she gets a nudge on her shoulder. And he's in tears. And, he, and he's written in big, bold letters on the paper, I get it. I get it. She grabs his hand, she takes him over to a break room, and they just sob together, laying on each other's shoulder, and he repents to her and asks her to forgive him all the time that he doubted her. Because the Holy Spirit in that morning, in that moment, had done a work of enlightenment to him and regenerated his life, and now he was able to see Spiritual things. See, it's impossible for the natural mind to grasp spiritual things. It's impossible. And so, so don't be surprised at the wonderful relationship that we enjoy with Jesus Christ, the relationship of fellowship and light that we enjoy as followers is not embraced by those unsaved loved ones that you cherish the most. Don't be surprised. Scripture today tells us that Jesus, his own kindred, his family, those that were closest to him, his own people rejected him. They rejected him. You know, some people reject the truth just because they don't like the truth. And here's the reality. Some people will, reject, will just flat out reject the truth in you because the truth brings light. And light brings change. And some people aren't ready for change. So, so don't get offended when you bring the light to someone and they decide that they want to stay in their stuff. You can't. Jesus tells us in John chapter 3, verse 19, he says this, the light of the world is coming to the world. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. 
For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. People who love darkness don't like light for several reasons. First, light seems unreasonable because people who have lived in darkness for so long, it just doesn't seem like the light is reasonable, a reasonable way to live. Light hurts sometimes. You ever been woken up out of a dead sleep where somebody just comes in the room and cuts the light down and they don't know that you're there? And you wake up out of the sleep and your eyes start trying to adjust to the light. It hurts, doesn't it? Light hurts. Light reveals. Light exposes the darkness for the emptiness that it is. That's what light does. So listen to me. When faced with the light of the truth, every single one of us have to choose to receive it or to reject it. To receive it means to walk in it. To reject it means that we walk away from it. And so if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are at a crossroads. Today you are at a crossroads. And so my question is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with him? And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, we have a decision to make too. What, we, what will we do with him? Listen, it's not okay just to live a mediocre life as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not okay. Look at what verse 12 tells us. But to all who did receive him and who believed in his name, he gave the right, I love King James, the power to become the children of God. We are children of light. And as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, it is not okay for us to walk around living a defeated life. Let me say that again. As born-again believers in Jesus Christ, it is not okay for us to walk around living a defeated life. Somebody got it. It's not okay. We're living beneath our privilege if we do. I love what Paul says to us about that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. He says, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. We need to walk as children of a father who loves us of a father who gives us power in Jesus' name to overcome any darkness. Not just to come out of darkness, family, but to overcome the darkness, to have the authority over the darkness, to have authority to walk through the darkness in the light and expose the darkness. We've been given the power to conquer whatever we're faced with through Jesus. Romans 8.35 tells us that no matter what our trouble, our problems, our suffering, our hunger, we might not even know where our next meal is coming from, family. You might be right now caught up in a dangerous situation that you don't know how you're going to get out of. Doesn't matter. Whatever you're faced with, Scripture tells us that we are more 
than conquerors through him that loves us. I love what Romans 37 says, 8 and 37 says. I'm going to read it out of the New Century Version. Paul writes, but in all these things we are completely victorious through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, <laughs> nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to me close. You are the light of the world. There is no darkness that can defeat this light. There is no darkness that can defeat the light of Jesus Christ in you. wants us to live with that assurance, family. God wants, to know, wants us to realize that the battle is already won. That we've been given every weapon of warfare to pull down strongholds. That's any stronghold in our life. We've been given the equipment to do it. Will you use it? Will you use it? I want to leave you with this question today. Can, can people see the life and the light of Christ in you by the way you live? Can people see the life and the light of Christ in you by the way you live? I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in such a way where people have no doubt that there's something different about me. I want to live my life in such a way that when I step into a room and people don't know me, there's something compelling and attractive about my character. How about you? I want to be that light. I want my light to shine so brightly that no matter what darkness I'm faced with, it pales in comparison. I want to live my life with the truth and the reality. Watch this now. That darkness, no matter how dark and how dense it is, can only exist in the absence of light. I am the light of the world. You are 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 the light of the world. Be light, family. And let the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ be lived out in you.